We all know that person who is so woke, so with it, so hip, always claiming they've never eaten at McDonald's or never seen an episode of Friends. They make you feel like an asshole just because you have. Everything is too lowbrow for them. That is until someone who they've deemed worthy says it isn't. Contrarian for the pose and because it helps accessorize their image, but not really having anything of merit to back it up. Those people both annoy and entertain the hell out of me. I preface with this because, hold on to your hats, I'm about to sound like one of them when I say, I think the Stones are better than the Beatles. I know that instantly makes me sound like one of those wieners trying to be cool, but I'm not saying this to sound cool or to provoke. Honestly, if I was, I would be too self-conscious about it and would be unable to hold the front for more than 10 minutes without admonishing myself. But I've been saying Stones are better than the Beatles for years. Beatles versus Stones. It's been an ongoing argument between music fans, and let's be honest, it's loaded and lopsided in the Beatles' favor, with Beatles fans drowning out the few Stones fans who take the bait. I know that facts are facts and numbers can't lie, and without a doubt, the Beatles are the most popular rock band in history. Their innovations in pop music are unparalleled. Their songs reverberate from generation to generation. When we have long passed, the Beatles' songs will live on the way composers like Mozart and Beethoven keep inspiring. But when it comes to rock and roll, records sold and records spun aren't the only criteria when judging authenticity and worth. Judging rock and roll's worth based on popularity seems to me antithetical. Rock and roll's worth is found through almost intangible means, authenticity, tenacity, and spirit. The aura and charisma of a Keith Richards or a Mick Jagger isn't something that can be measured by albums sold or attendance records. And although hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of musicians cite the Beatles as an influence, there are even more beyond music's parameters who, whether they realize it or not, have been influenced by Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, albeit aesthetically more than musically. Rock and roll is a music without a rulebook, no matter what the squares will tell you. And since I've thrown the rulebook out the window and prefer to follow my instinct, I believe the Rolling Stones to be better than the Beatles by a long shot. I grew to love rock music in large part because of the Beatles. My grade five teacher was a Beatles fanatic and played the Beatles during school time. Albums like Revolver, Let It Be, and Abbey Road, as well as comps like Yesterday and Today, I love. Songs like Ticket to Ride, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, I'm Only Sleeping, Blackbird, and Get Back mark my childhood like few songs can. But the Rolling Stones were like a reawakening for me when I had just reached adulthood and hit me, much like the Beatles had 10 years earlier, but in a deeper, more long-lasting way. As much as I liked songs like Satisfaction and Angie and Jumpin' Jack Flash, getting into albums like Exile on Main Street, Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, and Tattoo You, there was something that was so charming that ran through their music despite its simplicity and, let's be fair, adequate musicianship. I know they are a huge mainstream juggernaut, but these days they're treated more like a spectacle to watch than a band to listen to. Now, I know some of you, all of you, perhaps, are listening at home and either shaking your head in exasperation or laughing at me, or both. Those are all expected reactions, 
And even though this is my podcast and I can pretty much edit or say anything to make it look like I have the upper hand, I play fair. So do not fret. Let your indignation, guffaws, and eye rolls be channeled through Phil Rind. Phil Rind, singer and bassist of the crushing metallic killing machine that is Sacred Reich, is here to say to me what all you Beatles fans out there would like to tell me. Phil isn't buying my bullshit here or ever. Even though I've had debate episodes with Daniel Decay about Kiss, three episodes in fact, this argument as to who is better, Beatles or Stones, has been brought up a few times over the years between Phil and I. Every time we started, we stop and I say, we should make this into a podcast episode. So we finally went ahead and did it. This episode is it. Of course, as with all these debates and discussions, I need to make mention that only bands I love get to be put in the hot seat. Bands I don't think much of, or quite frankly, stink. I never expend energy long enough to hold a debate. So please, take my slings as backhanded compliments. I also want to make a quick mention here. During our conversation, I refer to McTaylor as McJones, a complete slip of the tongue. I will be remiss if I didn't slip in that Phil and the rest of Sacred Reich put out a ridiculously crushing album last year called Awakening. If you consider yourself a metal fan, you need your ears pressed up against it. Also, this is Phil's third appearance, and that makes him the newest member of the Black Coffee Brigade. The Black Coffee Brigade is the esteemed club one joins when they've appeared thrice on this podcast. And it's a club that's gaining members in the last few months. Jason McMaster, Daniel Decay, and now Phil Rind, the newest members this year joining Damien Abraham, Brendan Canning, Wade McNeil, Marty Friedman, Jim Rhoda, Barrett Martin, and Duff McKagan plus a few more. There are also several past guests with two appearances under their belt that could possibly join in the coming months. So anyway, congrats to Phil. Here we go. This is a chat, a debate, an argument, mm, more like a hang with one of my favorite people. Phil Rind of Sacred Reich is on the podcast and it starts now. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around They play the kid as Tango's go out to love for free I'm so glad I like to sometimes Timmy in from fucked up Stop playing Hang Joe Joe The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around Nick Flanagan is Danko's co-host Download for free on SoundCloud and iTunes Sometimes Damien from fucked up Stops by and hangs out too they told him he was too crazy to rock and roll. But now, he's going to talk their ears off. It's the official Danko Jones podcast. Danko's got a podcast, and he won't shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones podcast starts now! Hello? DJ. Hey, Phil. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, what is it? Day 57 in lockdown. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, Daniel Decay and I, Daniel comes on the podcast and we debate uh, Kiss albums and Kiss songs. Um, and we've done this three times. Yeah. Now, but you and I have had this going on way before that. Beatles versus right. Stones. You are for the Beatles and I am for the Stones. And uh, we had kind of thought about doing this long, long time ago. And now that we're in lockdown, uh, we have all the time in the world to do it. Yes. It's an age-old debate. One that I think most people would think is a no-brainer. Like it would be the Beatles. Right, most normal people. But you want to argue for the Rolling Stones for some reason, just to be contrarian. <laughs> no, okay, it is a no-brainer. That's why most people would say it, Danko, because it is a no-brainer. No, but here's the thing: is I, I, I want to make clear that I'm not trying to be contrarian uh, to be con- for contrarian sake. Like I'm not one of those people who goes, "Oh, I, I've never eaten it, eaten at McDonald's, and I've never watched an episode of Friends," like. I'm not doing this to be to stand out and look cool. Do you really you really like the Rolling Stones better than the Beatles? Well, this is my argument about it. Is <laughs> <laughs> no, but but my my very simple question is: Do you actually? I know you could look. We can switch sides and argue the other side. I get it. <laughs> my question is: Which band do you prefer to listen to? I prefer to listen to the Stones. Okay, so this is good. Yeah, I've listened to the Stones in the last, I'd say, 20 years more than the Beatles. Okay, well, good then. And this is good, because I obviously listen to the Beatles way more than I listen to the Stones. But I grew up listening to the Beatles. So, you know, when I hear the Beatles, you know, whether it's in the car or here at home or whatever, I, I, don't, I don't go, ah, can't handle this. Oh, this is bad. Oh, I can't take this. Right, because you're, you're a normal person, because they're <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, every, every time Wild Horses comes on, I don't go, ah, oh, I fucking dig the sounds, but, you know. Yeah, so, Look, like, any any band that names itself after a Muddy Waters song is good with me. And, and, that, and, and that's why part and parcel of, of why I love the Stones so much, is because, you know, they're always seen as the bad boys, but in reality, you know, we all know they're the prep school boys, and the Beatles were the bad boys. Right. So, so liking the Beatles, you're actually, you are actually liking the bad boys. But I like the good boys. I, I like the prep boys who, the preppy boys who were music nerds. And that's what the Stones really are. Right. Yeah, they, it makes me laugh that they met, you know, because what, Mick Jagger was carrying around some muddy waters and yeah. little Walter records. And Keith Richards was like, hey, what's going on? That's more in common with my background than like, you know, playing in in some crazy places in Hamburg when you're, you know, 20 years old and, you know, you're you're living on the edge. I, that's not That's that's my background. <laughs> <laughs> playing in some crazy place in Hamburg when you're 19. Yeah. So see, I I can understand why you would you would side with the Beatles and I can understand why I I could when I realized the Stones history why I liked them even more. That's why. Sure. And and for what you do, you know, your your overall thing, you know, like a a rock band. I mean, fuck, you know, who's more of a rock band than the Stones? Exactly. So I have to kind of 
back my brand, so to speak, you know, like, uh, I, you know, there's, of course I can appreciate songs like Penny Lane, but then eventually I just, you take a step back and go, what the hell are we listening to? What is this? <laughs> it's like my parents' parents' music. Yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Or at least your parents' music. My mom's favorite was Elvis, so she wasn't, my aunt was into the Beatles. She's a little younger than my mom. Yeah. But my- uh, I just appreciate the Beatles so much and you know my goal always i mean look it's not like we sound anything fucking even remotely close to the beatles but you know as a songwriter the goal is always to write the best songs and i just think they write the best songs and had the most incredible musical journey and changed so much over a short i mean eight years is not a long time to be a band it's that's you know something that is you know, you can't argue that. Um, and I, I, I totally appreciate and respect the innovation, innovations that the band made in such a short time. Although, you know, their hands were held all through it, through it via George Martin. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. George Martin, who went on to such same, you know, producing other bands. It was all George Martin. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It, it was. I mean, would the Beatles be the Beatles without George Martin? I highly doubt it. They make some good records, you know. Yeah, I'm sure Lennon and McCartney had nothing to do with any of that stuff. They would have made a few cool records if it wasn't for George Martin. Come on. No Sergeant, no Sergeant Peppers. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Not so sure it would have existed? I'm not so sure that your premise is correct. (laughs) (laughs) My money's on Lennon McCartney. You can say whatever you want about George Martin. I'm sure he had a hand in the creative process. But without those guys, nothing happens. And I don't diminish uh, what they accomplished because you want to say it was all George Martin. I do want to say that. Um, you can, you can say whatever you want. You're trying to tell me that the Stones are better than the Beatles. That's not true either. But, but go right ahead. But okay. So, Thank but you. but also on different levels. Like we're t- you know people can only focus on the Beatles uh, s- albums and songs. But rock and roll, as you know very well, it's it's more than that. It's it's going out and touring, and that's something they they really didn't do too much. They did very minimally compared to the Stones. The Stones, if you want to talk about innovation, those guys were innovators of rock and roll, but in a different field, like in the touring aspect. Uh, the, they put on stadium sh- arena shows, moved on to stadium shows. Like Totally, yeah. Even though the Beatles yeah. were the first to do a stadium I wonder show. Where they got the, yeah, I wonder where they got the idea from. Pretty sure Mick Jagger was at the <laughs> Shea Stadium, <laughs> Shea Stadium in 1969. Oh, look. The Beatles breaking ground again for what bands in the future will do. But they did it first. The Beatles did everything. Well, a lot of things first. Not everything. Like, for example... Not, not everything, but a lot of things. But the, the 50 extra years uh, that the Stones have been around <laughs> have enabled them to be to catch up in terms of innovations. Okay, the, the Stones went on longevity. Great. Congratulations. Well, they didn't I'm, have a they didn't have a couple guys killed, or a, a important member murdered, and uh, another guy attacked at his house. That's okay. Look, I I, I don't want to say that the Stones don't have a an incredible 
a, a special place in the pantheon of rock and roll and have done lots of innovations. And I love the fact that they're named after Muddy Waters song. I love that they brought guys like Muddy Waters and Helen Wolf over to England and gave, you know, the blues uh, exposure. I love that about them. But for me, the Beatles were the pioneers, the Beatles. And it's even hard for us living now to understand the, the context in which they change things culturally and musically because we just weren't around at the time. But if you're going to, if you're going to, it gonna... wasn't Rolling Stones mania, there was Beatlemania. Yeah, no, I mean, they were just the greatest rock and roll band in the world. But yeah, no, you're right. No uh, Stones mania, just the greatest rock and roll band in the world. And the Beatles were probably just the greatest band period in the world. Not rock and roll, just band. Yeah. They like, went from, I mean, yeah, come on, band. like from Love Me Do to Let It Be. Come on. Pop. Love Me Do, they, 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 they were a pop band. They were a boy band. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No argument here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't say that in, in a negative sense. So that I, I don't, that doesn't bother me. Right. That they could write pop songs. But what bothers me is you equate being a pioneer with, like, being more valid than the people who took that innovation and turned it into its own industry. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I give a band like Slayer more credit than bands that want to sound like Slayer and may have reached a bigger <laughs> audience. Yeah, I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, the, we will never know. We will never... The, 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 the thing about the Beatles is once they broke up, once John Lennon was assassinated, uh, we would, they, they're legends, immediate legends. They'll never have a, you know, like a, their version of Dirty Work, which was like a you know, a, a Stones album right. that, that flopped. You know, they'll never have flops. Yeah, and we'll never have any, you know, Stone solo records that come close to anything that John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison had done either. No, I agree. I agree that, that the Stones, uh, as solo artists, it's just never... I mean, Keith Richards, he put out a pretty good solo album, but, I mean, past that, it, it, it didn't even come close to a George Harrison or a or a Paul McCartney solo album. I, I, I so like on an individual basis, the Beatles were much more talented than the Rolling Stones. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but the Stones are uh, uh, a group, and that's that's the essence of of you know rock and roll for me. Is like it's, well, there's the group dynamic. Three of them. There's three of them. What do you left, mean? Right? No, Charlie there's Watts. Three. Charlie Watts. Yep. Keith Richards. And Mick Ron, Jagger, there's three of them left. Ron Wood. He's not an original member. Yeah, but I mean, come on, he's been in the band for decades. I mean, that's more than well, any it's band they've been around for six. Because they've been around for sixty fucking years. I mean, of course, he's been in the band for decades. Yeah, but he's definitely he, been on albums that have meant something. No, Tattoo I, I'm you. Not yes, I'm not going to argue that. I like Ron Wood. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And besides, before he joined, he was in the Faces. Yes, yeah, it's a, it was a good get. <laughs> <laughs> I like Terrell Jones too. He's an incredible bass player. Come on, it's like they Gary, can get the best guys. It's like Gary Holt okay. joining Slayer, right? Yes, it's very good. Congratulations to the Rolling Stones. You know, I was thinking 
if we went band member by band member, right? Like, who would you rather have playing drums in your band? Charlie Watts or Ringo? What's your answer? What kind of music are we playing? It doesn't matter, Danko. Who's your drummer? Uh, okay, yeah. It would be, I mean, for... If you say Charlie Watts and <laughs> flying to Toronto, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> Who is it, Danko? Just say the word no. fucking Ringo. Just say Technique it. Technique-wise, yes. Ringo, but, I mean, you cannot factor out style and spirit <laughs> in rock and roll. And I... I yeah, I, like Ringo has no style and no spirit. No, None. Zero. On. No personality. That guy's got no personality at all. It's an annoying personality. No, it's not. It's annoying. He was the most annoying huh. of the four. <sighs> Love John. <laughs> Love John. Love John. Okay, so what you're trying to say is you would rather have Charlie Watts play drums in your band? Mm-mm. Ringo Starr. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I would, I'd have, I'd have Ringo Starr uh, show up to the studio, lay down the tracks, and then when we do the photo shoot, have Charlie in the back. <laughs> That's so such a cop out. Okay, you'd fine. rather hang out with Charlie Watts, but have Ringo play in your band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what I asked you. Okay, fine. Ringo Starr. Okay, it's pretty easy. You know, I I heard a very funny story. Uh, I know someone who recorded uh, some Rolling Stones records, and he said them getting Charlie Watts just to play the top half of the kit was a challenge. And they had Anton Fig come in and put the kick drum on. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I am not so, surprised. So I mean, if but, you Charlie Watts, I'd be like, come on. But that's a that's you, like Charlie Watts today. He, you know, drummers are the first to go in terms of, you know, rock and roll playing. That was Charlie Watts back then when oh, he made really? it. Yeah. Look, you know, who, who's listening to the kick drum when you go see the Rolling Stones play? <laughs> I am. No. no, I mean there's there's failed attempts at 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 uh at at snare rolls on on recordings. I get it. So Ringo's a better drummer. Who would you rather play bass? Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney. Okay, so that's two. See, the guitar players gets a little tricky, right? There we go. All right, so who do you compare Keith Richards to? Is it John Lennon or George Harrison? Right. We'll do both. We'll do either one. I would, I would choose, and listen, I would choose Keith on guitar. Keith as a riff writer or lead guitar player or both? As a riff writer? Yeah, I mean, like, dude. Yeah. Like write some killer riffs. Satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, there's some all-time great riffs. Jumping Jack but, Flash. Absolutely. But as a, but as a songwriter, are you going to take those songs over? Uh, well, see, that, that's hard. Where, yeah, it gets convoluted because... You know, I I totally agree that the the Beatles were better songwriters, be, better song crafters. Uh, they're smarter songwriters. But what I love and and what I can I, I I really identify with is the fact that the Stones can take what little they had and make it fun and 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 playful. And just knowing that as someone who makes songs 
you know, I, I'm thinking, well, you know, you don't have to be the pinnacle every single time. You can get away with, you know, not being half-assed about it, but you can, you can, you, you can enjoy just, you know, the, the, a, a simple riff. Rather than like, yeah, oh my God, it's, it's this funny. Thing is, listen to your argument. No, but you can you can enjoy. My argument for Keith Richards is you don't have to be the greatest every time. Exactly. No, but that's the whole thing. Is is, is, is that, that's my whole point about this? Is is why? I, but I'm telling you why I love the Stones. I that's why I love the Stones. Right. Because no, I understand. I agree. It's like it's almost like well, yeah, like okay, uh, Coltrane. It's great. You know, when you listen to Coltrane, it's like it's perfect. Great. All right. It's like looking at Cindy Crawford all the time. It's uh, yes, she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous, but uh, you know, it's too perfect. Right. Rock and roll is not about perfection, right? Exactly. I totally get that. And and this is a tough. This is the toughest one for me because Keith Richards is badass. He's fucking cool. He writes cool licks. I mean, eh, eh, I mean, you think he's tired of playing Satisfaction? Me neither. But. I think he wrote some incredible riffs, but, you know, a songwriter, you know, you got to give it to John Lennon. And and then John Lennon sings better than Keith Richards, too, if, if you're adding that in, or if we're just talking about guitar playing. Uh, no, we got to add that in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're forming a band, right? Yeah, who do you want, Keith Richards or John Lennon? I don't know. It's not that hard for me. Uh, but <laughs> I take hand- John Lennon every day and twice on Sunday. But, but. But at the same time, John Lennon wasn't the greatest singer, and neither is Paul McCartney, and neither is Mick Jagger, and neither is none of them are. So okay, so what was your point of that one? Like no one's an Ian Gillen. No one's like sitting there going, "Yeah, Ian's got to sing this." <laughs> yes, absolutely. But all uh, mediocre. In, in this argument, in this argument, John Lennon is definitely better than Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah. Depends. And then like, who who do you count for a second guitar player? Brian Jones. Um, can I pick Mick Jones? Technically better than maybe could. even Ron Wood. Yeah, but you're either picking Brian Johnson or Brian Jones or Ron Wood. Really? Okay. The original guy or the guy who's been in the band the longest? All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Ron Wood. Okay, so Ron Wood versus George Harris. Overall purse player musician as a musician in your band? Mm-hmm. That's not fair. <laughs> what what's fair have to do with anything? Fine. Ron Wood. Okay. And I'll tell you, I I mean I have my reasons. You know. Okay, go for it. I, I bet you do, Danko. You're he's, a very thorough young man. But he is a he's a uh, he's a team player, and that's what you need as a side, as a second guitar player. The sec the second George, guitar. George player, Harrison's not a team player. He said, "Shut up and sit in the corner." You get a song or two on every record. See, I wasn't in the studio. I can only go by the people who are left to 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 tell his story. But didn't he also not have, like, as many songs as Paul and John? I remember talking to Jason when he was in Metallica, and he was the main songwriter of Flotsam. And I was like, How's, you know, how do you feel about that? He goes, you try to come up with something better than James. So if you're George Harrison, 
you got Lennon McCartney sitting over there. <laughs> pretty high, pretty high bar. <laughs> hey, Paul, here's here's something I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, great, great. Uh, I'd save that for your solo record. And then when he finally put out a solo record, it was a double record. He had so much stuff. He's like, Geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been in songwriting jail for ten years. <laughs> I guess when he lays out Hey Jude for you, you just kind of crumple up your piece of paper and put it I back mean, in your pocket. I remember seeing like Dave Grohl. He's like, I had all these songs, but I want to show them to Kurt. Right. <laughs> I'm in Nirvana. I got I hit the I hit the lottery. I'll just save this for another day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's so true. I mean, you go ahead and pick Ron Wood. No, <laughs> Knock I, yourself out. <laughs> I mean, I, I would still pick I would still pick Ron Wood and uh, Harrison also. Okay, wait a minute. No, I reassess. Maybe I will pick George Harrison because I was going to say he was a he was a team player in the Traveling Wilburys too, and that yeah. and no he way. sings cool and he's he's probably the one Beatle that you probably want to hang out with yeah, the most yeah. of all of them. Yeah, I, I I would have to agree. Or Paul McCartney seems like. Who would you hang out with the most out of all the members of both bands? I'd like to hang out with John Lennon the most because he's my favorite of all of them. I don't know how easy it would be. I guess it would depend on what kind of mood he was in. He seems like he could be a little difficult or a little drunk or a little angry or a little serious, right? Which might be cool. Uh, George Harrison, like I have a friend that met both Paul McCartney and George Harrison. And I think Paul McCartney knows he's Paul McCartney. Ah, uh, okay. He doesn't come off like that in interviews, though. No, of course. There's the there's the face they show you, and then the real yeah, one. Right. And I'm sure he's probably fine, but you don't go through life being Paul McCartney and not realizing you're Paul, Paul McCartney. No, I, I mean I can't I can't hold it against him. <laughs> and, and and he and he. He has that in his pocket for whenever he needs it. Yeah, yeah. There's a story with Howard Stern. You know, he was friendly. He's friends with Paul McCartney. Had him on the show. We'd talk on the phone with him, blah, blah, blah. And he was at a function. It was like a post party. And Howard said he was hanging out with um, Chris Rock. And he goes, hey, I'm going to go get Paul McCartney's autograph for my daughter. She's a big fan. And Chris Rock, I wouldn't do that. Anyhow, Paul McCartney, uh, he goes up to Paul McCartney and said, hey, can I have your autograph for my daughter? And Paul McCartney said... Friend or fan, Howard, can't be both. Oh, wow. And I thought, that's really interesting. And how many times in his life has he run across that? I mean, he, he is Paul McCartney. Whoa. You know, fr- friend or fan. Do you want an autograph or you do, in a picture or do you want to hang out? I, you know, it's so crazy. I heard a very similar story uh, about Barbara Streisand. Uh, someone, of course, this is a friend of a friend, was getting friendly with Barbara Streisand through, I don't know what means, maybe they are in the same, they're roaming in the same circles. One day, she showed up to Barbara Streisand's place asking for her autograph for, like, same situation for, for a family friend, and Barbara Streisand slammed the door on her face and never talked to her again. <laughs> like, what does Barbara Streisand care if she makes a new friend or not? <laughs> You're right, exactly. Yeah, like, who cares? 
Everybody yeah. wants uh, to. Yeah. Imagine being that famous. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think there's any real benefit to that. But I, you know, if I was in that situation where I had befriended someone who is like super, not just famous but super famous, I would. I would maybe it's because I know now, you know. But I would never do that. I would never ask them for anything. You just don't. You just don't want to be. Yeah, exactly. You just don't want to enter into that. Yeah, you don't want to cross that line. Nebulous zone of I don't know what if you like me because you want me to take pictures and tell people you're my friend. Yeah, it's weird. But getting back to what we were talking about about Paul. So I heard Paul McCartney. You know, like whatever. I'm sure he's cool. I'm sure he's cool because Paul McCartney. But I think Paul McCartney had also has the you know Paul McCartney thing going on. But my friend said he he was hanging out and um, someone said, hey, well, do you have any weed? Will you get my neighbor high? And he was like, sure. And who showed up? It was um, George Harrison. And he's like, hey, hey, you got some weed? And he smoked some weed with him. He said, and he came back later again and like kind of patted him down. Hey, you got some weed? And he was just totally cool like the dude next door. But no autographs were asked. No, I mean they were in a situation where he knew better, you know. Right, right, yeah. yeah. But 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 in a situation that was fairly similar, Paul McCartney was it was was not like that, you know. I'm not trying to say bad things about Paul. I'm just saying I think George was probably the coolest and most down to earth, and it probably has to do with also being put in a corner for many years, being like the spiritual beetle, and you know, just kind of that stuff. But. I guess on on George Harrison's behalf over Ron Wood. I guess that was my argument. All right, so the the one tough <laughs> one was Keith Richards. Everybody else has been pretty pretty much a slam dunk, and now we get to Mick Jagger. Right now, here's a here, yeah, like yeah, okay. I have a I I have something you know to say about that. Right, the front man thing. Okay, yeah. you win. <laughs> yeah. And and we'll yeah, never... he was a better frontman because he stood behind a mic and didn't play instrument. But he he also was able to you know work a band and work a crowd and work a stadium. Come on, let's be serious. Like not just anyone in the Beatles, but like pretty much laid the groundwork for everyone else. Maybe he didn't invent the stadium show, but when he got to the stadium. He pretty much laid the groundwork for how you properly do it without any rule book, you know? Sure. He, yeah, he, you know, well, him and Robert Plant, I guess, Led Zeppelin was playing stadiums too. But I, I, I do believe the Stones did it first, right? Like I don't Al- know. You're Altamont. the one who's supposed to be doing the research. <laughs> Altamont, <laughs> Altamont was like, wasn't that 69? Yeah, bring up Altamont. That was a shining example of how to work a stadium. <laughs> Way to go. You're funny. No, but they were already doing Why it. Why don't you give a gun you shoot yourself in the foot? No, no, but they were doing it back then when, like, Zeppelin was on their first album. Don't use that one as your example. Altamont, yeah. But they were on, Zeppelin were on their first album when, you know, the Stones were, were headlining festivals. Is my we're having somebody get murdered in the crowd to say all right the hell's angels to do security put that in the column of things not to do again well see look the groundwork is laid don't do that again yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes you're the example of what not to do as yeah, well exactly 
How about how about dudes in both bands I wouldn't want to hang out for a thousand, Alex? Number one answer. Okay. Who? Mick Jagger. Oh, come on. I'd love to hang out with Mick Jagger. Are you kidding? Okay. Who, who do you think would be the biggest pain in the ass of all of them hanging out? Ringo Starr. Okay. Aside from Ringo Starr, who you already <laughs> told me is the most annoying person. Uh <laughs> Uh, Ringo Starr is your number one, although he's not like he was in 1964 now. But both versions, I, I realize that too, but both too. Like the guy was like, no more, you heard about this, like no more autographs, peace and love. He actually made a little post about it or a video of it. Like, I mean, okay. He went out of his way to tell the Beatles audience he's not signing autographs anymore. Does that bother you? It's just, it's tacky. It's just tacky. And, and, and impregnating 20-year-old supermodels when you're 68 isn't tacky and gross? Oh, I didn't know he did that, too. He did that? Ooh, Mick Jagger? Oh, Mick Jagger. I thought we were talking about Ringo Starr. No, I'm talking about, you said that's tacky. I said, you want to talk about tacky? Uh, okay, so, yeah. Um... <laughs> Is that tackier than being gross like that? They're both gross things to do. How about that? At least, at least Ringo Starr has been with his wife for you know a long, long, long time. Sure, and I'm not debating. Well, I mean, wait a minute. The whole topic was who you want to hang out with more, and Mick would have great stories. He seems like uh, oh, Ringo won't have any stories. I'm sure. (laughs) No, yeah, I know, yeah, but I mean. I still want to hang out with Mick more. Okay. Because I'm saying of all the dudes to hang out with, I think Mick Jagger on one hand would be a lot of fun. He would take you probably cool place and see some cool art and stuff. But I think of if anyone, of anyone, you know how I said Paul McCartney has a sense that he's Paul McCartney? Right. I think Mick Jagger, and this is just me making things up because I've never had any interaction with him. But I would think Mick Jagger would be w- much worse than Paul McCartney. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm sure Mick knows he's Mick. A- absolutely. Uh, I think Keith knows he's Keith. and But Keith would probably be super cool to hang out with. Yeah, I think so. But it's also on, you know, it's the Keith Richards show. So yeah, but that's what you want if you're hanging out with Keith Richards, right? I also, but yeah, like, you want to listen to old records with him. You probably have to keep dumping out drinks and stuff. You keep pouring your drinks. You'd have to keep dumping them out in the plant. And <laughs> Put them in the plant because <laughs> you can't tell him like I'll have the water. No. Like, nah, you with you with me now, son. Go on, have some pub, and you'd but, be like, oh great. Well, that's I'm also partly why I don't know if I would want to hang out with him because he'll go till four a.m. and I want to go to sleep. You know. Yeah, well, you, you could you could go to bed early, but he would have good stories. Definitely, yeah. Like definitely. everybody, he would sound like a pirate, and the way he talks is cool, like half slurred and half like. But you'd listen to cool records, and you know you like to listen to cool records. But the thing I would I would assume with Mick would be he would be a gracious host. So if I yawn, he'd be like, "All right, well, hey, it was nice chatting with you," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm done too." Yeah, he may do that before you start yawning. 
what? He may have other. He may have more important things to do. You know, like okay, time's up, Tango Jones. I got stuff to do. I have more Brazilian supermodels yeah, still pregnant. Another twenty-year-old. Yeah. No, I know. I got to. I got to see my grandkids. They they just uh, retired from <laughs> their job. <laughs> That's oh, funny, but you know, I, I mean, I, I did I did hear a story about uh, someone who met Mick Jagger on the street, like just a random meeting, and they had a, a a nice, polite conversation between the two of them, and then as soon as word spread in the in that little area that Mick Jagger was there, a whole congregation of people just surrounded Mick, and all Mick Jagger did to that person was just look at him and say see you later and that was it Mm -hmm. you know that's his life you know of course he's been incredibly famous for a long time i remember meeting uh derek jeter and wanted to get like a little autograph i grew up a yankee fan in new york you know and uh he just was like let's just do it fast because he knows if he stops he's dead in the water you just have to keep moving (laughs) yeah i saw john john lemon walking in central park he goes i don't mind signing autographs he goes i just never stop Right. I don't stop walking. I just keep going. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. I get it. I totally get Imagine it. Imagine being that famous. Oof. It would be, it's jail. It's really jail. I guess there's worse things than that, like actually being in jail. But like, I think for people like us that don't, don't really want to, you know, it's funny. You do like this very public work, but you mostly just want to be left alone. It, 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 it's strange like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Uh, you, you know, your whole your whole career is based on how public you are, and, and how successful you are is is based on you know how how much you get around. But then you're really in your own world, and you want to stay there. And you don't. A lot of people just want to are real introverts. Yeah. You know, when they when they put stuff out. You know, it's very funny. I remember seeing a, a documentary on the Dream Team basketball team from 1992. You know, in Barcelona, it was Jordan and Magic and Bird. And it was Magic and Bird talking. And um, Bird was like a private guy. And he, you know, like the front of the hotel in Barcelona was just mobbed with people. And he always found like a side or a back way to go out because he didn't want the attention. And they were talking about him and Magic becoming pretty close friends on that whole thing. And they said, did Magic go with you at the side door? Because Magic at the side door? Come on. Magic's going out the front. He loves it. (laughs) You know? And there's some people that really love and thrive on that spotlight and enjoy. You know, they worked really hard to get to where they are. And they enjoy the attention, the adulation. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Some people love it. And it's like, you know, manna from heaven for them. Then other people like, please help. Yeah. No, so, so who, so, hmm. You know, it's funny because you see those pictures of the Beatles just stuck, you know, stuck in a hotel room of four of them. I think they had a lot more camaraderie than the Stones did. I think, you know, Mick Jagger, as much as probably there was a competition between Paul McCartney and John Lennon, and all that eventually split them up, you know, in eight years. <clears throat> but I think between Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, there was a lot of tension still to this day. Yeah, yeah. I think the millions of of dollars plus the huge entourage helps them continue on. 
You know, they can they can travel in s separately. Uh, they don't have to see each other until they hit s the stage. So that helps, I think, keeping the stones alive. Yeah, after 60 years, you've heard every story there is. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it 50,000 <laughs> times. <laughs> but I think, like, when the Beatles were at their heyday, it, they were like a gang, you know, right. the four of them just yeah. together all the time. Yeah. You know, they did movies. The Stones didn't really do movies, did they? What did they do that? They did that one movie, right? With uh, where Clapton was in it and... Oh, it? yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else was in it? I can't think off the top of my head. But they, yeah, yeah, they were... When they were ripping off Sgt. Pepper? Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what makes me laugh about the Stones, too, is that... The whole way that their image was concocted and their managers, like, the Beatles are the nice kids, and you're going to be the bad boys. Okay, we'll be the bad boys. But I like that. It's the essence of showbiz. Um, it's why I like Kiss, you know? Like, Kiss are supposed to be monsters, but they're just from Queens, New York. Right. It's pretend, yeah. Yeah, showbiz. I guess, there, I guess there's, the, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, Slayer. It's like Tom Arias singing about, you know, whatever. You're, dude, look, you are very showbiz. <laughs> well, You're I, like, you are literally like Clark Kent and Superman <laughs> and all you do is remove your glasses. I do like, I do like the, you know, the, the, the you know, getting on stage and, and <clears throat> letting it all hang loose, you know. I, yes, I uh, love that about you. Well, yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I like... You become like super Danko. You let you let all that stuff out, and then when you're done, you're like, okay, that was fun. Yeah, because it's like, uh, okay, I admit I'm pretty uptight, you know? So being allowed to play live allows it all to come out, uh, you know? And, and uh, a kid, it doesn't fester, and it doesn't build up. You know, there's no pressure point. Everything gets gets out, and get back to normal and I you, you get to do it in a way that's like you love to watch yourself like I love to watch bands too so you know it's it's not like working out where I, I if you like running do you like someone do you like watching someone run like who does who likes that you know I don't like running or watching someone run <laughs> anything having to do with Right, but yeah, like that's same with me, man. Like, it, it, if as much as much as you, you know, someone gets out like exercising or whatever, nobody, nobody I know who exercises or who works out likes to watch other people exercise and work out while you know they're eating popcorn or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I just, you know, I don't, I don't like that it was sort of like a manager's creation. That's the part I don't like. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. That I don't like that either. I've heard that about other bands that I thought were super legit, and I I, I saw them in a different light afterwards. And it had nothing to do with like adopting a persona and then coming out. It was like no, you were there was nothing organic about you, and you presented yourself organically. Whereas you know Kiss. You know, Gene and Paul auditioned players on their own. They met, they did this on their own, and then they found uh, someone to help them and guide them. But they were an organic uh, thing, you know. Same with the Beatles, you know. So, I mean, the Stones were in a way, too. I mean, Jagger and Richards meeting, and, you know, it wasn't as if, 
you know, some Sven Galley goes, uh, you know, Mick, meet Keith. You know, like, there wasn't right. anything like that. It was just later when they were just trying to figure out who they were in relation to the Beatles, who were first. And they said, if they're the nice boys, you'll be the bad boys. And maybe he saw something in them that was already there. Right. And maybe yeah. he just unleashed the naughtiness of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Right. I mean, they definitely played up to the part that they were given. So the the question is, was it something that was already inside of them that he just recognized and accentuated? Or did they play the part so well that they eventually became it? I think they a little bit of both because, you know, these are the f- people to first do it. So... Nobody's ever done this before them, and they're finding out that they can get away with this, and everybody loves them for this. Nobody's done what? Been the bad boy? No, but I mean, like, having the world roll out the red carpet for you in a way that no other music band had to that point. They'd never seen it. Elvis? Well, yeah, I guess so, but... I mean, they really, they really put their, you know, the the hedonistic aspect of it out for everyone to see. And they never, okay. and they they got away with it. And the more they did that, the more they 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 walked that red carpet. Whereas I think didn't Elvis like, you know, he's putting out gospel records and trying to be a good boy. Whereas, you know, keeping his bad behavior behind closed doors. Where the, whereas the the Stones were kind of letting it all hang, letting it hang out for everyone to see that's funny because elvis when he was on tv and they would shoot him from the waist up because they were afraid oh yeah what was gonna happen yeah i I don't know it's hard i yeah like after all the bands and entertainment we've seen it's it's hard to go back to that and and think how risque that was but it was i guess i mean i guess it was definitely they called him elvis the pelvis yeah All right, so back to uh, um, Mick Jagger versus the other guys as far as singing. All right, he was the front man. He didn't play an instrument. All the, the, all the other four guys that sing in the Beatles all had primary things to do. Right. And Mick Jagger was left to strut around and flap his lips and, and kind of sing. But who do you think's the best singer? Right. Well, I would. Okay. Well, I would concede, and I would think it would either be. I, it might be Paul. Paul McCartney. If one of the Beatles is better. There's <laughs> one of the Beatles is better than Mick Jagger at singing. All of them are. Okay. I'm just checking. I'll, you know, I, I can't hide from that. There's no way. I can't. Did I ever tell you the the funny uh, Mick Jagger story I heard? No, I don't think so. So, so we worked with this producer guy, and he was telling us um, a Mick Jagger story that his mom got a call one day, and she was talking to her son, and she said, "Oh, a, a, a nice British boy called and was looking for you." And he's like, "Yeah, ma, who was it?" She goes, "I can't remember." He was really nice. We talked on the phone. His name was Mick something. He's like, Mick? Yeah, he was in a British band. He was trying to... He's like, Mom, Mick Jagger? Yes, that's it, Mick Jagger. So he said Mick Jagger was trying to get a hold of him, and he looked in the L.A. phone book, and his mom's name was in there, and he called her up looking for him. 
Mick, Mick Jagger? Well, yeah. So he, he said he Mick Jagger wanted him to do a solo record. I think he he may have done Some Girls. Wow. Or what, and he said that Keith Richards was angry at him because he thought that Mick Jagger's solo records was getting in the way of the Stones doing their thing. So... Mick liked the liked what he did on the record and wanted to do the next Stones record, and he said that Keith Richards would just be like a total jerk to him because <laughs> he was angry at him for doing the the, the Mick solo record. He was eventually he warmed up to me because I could get good guitar sounds if he liked that. Wow. But I thought that was a funny story. Wow, that's yeah, that's the that those, I love those stories. There's a one story I heard where it was. Um, uh, Ringo Starr's daughter was having a birthday party mm-hmm. and uh, the doorbell rang and it it was Eric Clapton and I can't remember the other person but I want to say B.B. King but it was definitely Eric Clapton and they wanted a jam and Ringo Starr's daughter was so pissed off like there's no jam here you can't have a jam Dad. there's no jam here I'm having a party Yes. If you can jam happy birthday, you're welcome to stay. <laughs> and so Richard uh, Ringo Starr just like just shrugged his shoulders. Sorry guys, not today. That was funny. I heard another story. It has nothing to do with the Beatles and the Stones, but similar story. There is uh someone someone told me this that there's a record label guy and he was in charge of uh kind of chaperoning slash around and just kind of keeping an eye on him while they're doing interviews and, you know, just cause, you know, I, I think had to do with maybe coming out of rehab or, or something to do with that. And Slash goes, okay, but I just want to go to my friend's place. So they go to his friend's place, open it up. It's Lenny Kravitz. They go down to the basement. They both pick up guitars and they look at him. This guy works at a record label and it's like, can you play drums? And the guy couldn't, but he goes, yeah. <laughs> he just started in the drums. He's just playing with Slash and Lenny Kravitz. And then uh, they got to, you got to jam with Slash and Lenny Kravitz. Pretty sick. Yeah. I love those stories. I love them. Yeah. But, uh, okay, well, I mean, are we calling this a draw or what? Right? It's a draw, right? <laughs> I was all right. We'll call it a draw. That's very Monty Python of you. That's very the Black Knight of you. I just kicked your ass. <laughs> you admitted you admitted yourself that you would take the bass player, the drummer from the Beatles, the bass player from the Beatles, the guitar. Did you take either guitar player no, from the Beatles? I, I took Keith and Ron. No, but you said, look, when we were talking about Keith and we were talking about song, oh, you still took them anyhow? Yeah, I think I think when we were talking about George Harrison over Ron Wood, I think I think he said, "Well, uh, you're probably right." Yeah, I agreed. He's like more of a, a group player than I thought because of the Traveling Wilburys. But I still okay. Take but Ron. you're still taking okay. So we got bass player and drummer. You got we'll just say guitar players. Yeah, I took the and guitar then, players. and then singers is the Beatles. Yeah, singer would be singer bass player would be Paul. I take Paul for both. Well, I mean, but just singers. You said all the Beatles singers are better than Mick Jagger. <laughs> okay. But Mick Jagger's good at strutting around better for whatever that's worth. It is worth a lot. It gets crowds going. Okay, that's great. Because the Beatles never got the crowds going standing there in front of their mics. 
No, that doesn't Screaming. count. Screaming. What do you mean that doesn't count? Ah, that's that's a that's too biased an audience. Uh, who? What other audience are they playing for? No, they're playing for people that don't like them. Those they are the people sque- that show up. They got. That's partly why they stopped. They couldn't even hear themselves. It's not fair to them. It's it's not real. It's like screaming what? for like you know I don't know Brad Pitt. What walks does out. that? What does that even mean? It's like Brad Pitt walking out now. Everyone starts screaming. It's like well, yeah, whatever. So- so the Beatles just walk out and people start screaming. It has nothing to do with the music. That is why they like the Beatles in the first place. We're talking a live situation, though. Everything changes I'm live. Saying, I'm just saying, why did those people go to see the Beatles? Because they look like Brad Pitt? No, or they like their songs? They like the songs. But then, I mean, there's so many. You and I know we've gone to see bands where the album was great and it was like a big stink fest on stage. So you're telling me the Beatles were a big stink fest on stage? We'll never know. Because, okay, great. We're bringing it back. You think the Beatles couldn't play their instruments and play their songs? Uh, Yeah, but not for extended periods of time. After playing all those shows every day in Hamburg, you don't think they were good live? Uh, They were good, but, I mean, we'll never know. They never went on extended tours. Never did stadium shows. I don't know if they can handle they themselves. Did us, they did a stadium show before anyone ever did a stadium show. You mean to tell me that you don't think that the four of them could go out and handle themselves in a stadium situation? Paul McCartney plays stadiums all over the world. You don't think John Lennon could have hacked it? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm trying to say that we'll never know. No, they, I'm, pretty sure we, I'm pretty sure we know. Paul the, McCartney did it by himself. One guy plays yeah, stadium. I know, but like the essence of the Beatles, really, the takeaway is that they're quitters, right? That's funny. That's your takeaway of the take- Beatles? Isn't it? That they quit? Like they, There were too many big personalities in that band, and it ran its course in eight years. It said it was enough. We all want to go do our own thing, which the Stones never could have done and achieved anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the take that... You say it like it's a bad thing. I say it's like, we've had enough. We had our run, and we're we're not afraid to move on to other things. Because we know that we're all good enough individually to make it on our own. Unlike the Stones, who obviously desperately need each other. I mean, that's a one way to look at it, I, I, I suppose. I yeah, I mean, call them quitters. I don't think that's any way to look at it. <laughs> So, retract your statement that they're quitters. <laughs> I can't though, because they you did think quit. they're quitters. That's your takeaway. They quit, but they quit though, right? Because they saw another reality for themselves, doing their own thing, without always having to run it by someone else. John Lennon, hey, I just want to do what I want to do. Okay, go do it. And he did. And guess what? It was incredible. No, I, I mean, I agree. It was really good. So they're not quitters. They were moving on. Uh, they were As a band, no, as a band that they quit, they're quitters. As a band, right? It was a, a quitting band. What they did, they disbanded. Right. They used to be a band, and then they disbanded. Right. 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 Are Sepultura a bunch of quitters? They never disbanded. 
They're still. Well, they just Max, put out. They just still put Max, out a new album. But Max, but Max left, right? Is Max a quitter? Come on. Oh no! First of all, you can't do that to me. And I just did. No, but you can't put Sepultura there. First of all, Sepultura is still going. The new album is amazing. And uh, I agree, but I'm saying you're saying they're quitters. Is Max oh, no, a quitter? No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying Sepultura are quitters. You the said slightest. the Beatles are quitters. Yeah, worse. Beatles, Beatles <laughs> you said the Beatles were quitters. Beatles, Beatles are quitters. Is, yeah. is Ozzy a quitter? Is Black Sabbath a quitter by firing their singer guy? No, they kept going. Sabbath, Sabbath kept going. The Beatles kept going too. They were just in individual bands. Ah, but you know, you know, uh, Eternal Idol and Seven Star. Yeah, but is it okay for bands not to stay together? A lot of bands should quit. How about that? True. Very true. Very true. So the Beatles never had to deal with that. There was never a shitty Beatles. But that's also, you know, part and parcel as to why, you know, they're heralded so much. Is they never had a chance to flop. Yeah, Why? Because they're smarter and better and more awesome than everybody. I will concede. Listen, I mean, I just got turned on to a Paul McCartney album from 2005. It's amazing. I've been listening to it while I've been home. Um, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard is an amazing album. So Paul hasn't lost it in the slightest. And, and you see when they play live, like with his killer band now? Yeah, no, they're killer. I mean, he can... Yeah, but Phil, he's getting the best of the best. Of course he is, because he's Paul fucking McCartney. Yeah. From the fucking Beatles, dude. <laughs> That's why. Look at Ringo Starr's ringer band. Like, he's got, like, who's he got in his band? He's got, like, the most crushing band ever. You know why? Because he's fucking Ringo Starr from the goddamn Beatles. And still, it's just like a ho-hum fest. But, no, but still, I, I can... It's fun. It's just fun. It's no, not it's fun. Serious. It's it's just fun. <laughs> this Ringo's fun. No matter what you say, Ringo is fun. I think he's fun too. I mean, I, I would never turn down an invitation. You to... called him the most annoying one. <laughs> out of the nine, I mean, just the nine, but out of like uh, a, a 10 million people, he's one of the most interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the video where he's playing? It was like, I don't know if they were inducting him to the Hall of Fame or whatever. And he's sitting there and he's playing. He comes out to the edge of the stage and he sees Dave Grohl sitting with his daughter. No. And right in the middle of the song, he goes, is that your daughter? She's beautiful. And then he just keeps singing. <laughs> he's like a Vegas singer now, I guess. But look, because Ringo knows what's important. You know what I mean? He did... Like, he's not taking any of this shit seriously, okay? Because he was in the goddamn Beatles. He was as big as you could ever be. He, that is as big as you could ever, ever, ever be. And then he saw for what it was, and now he just takes a piss. From that angle, uh, then, yeah, he, that's pretty cool. I like that. Because... You know, I just watched, there's a new uh, Jerry Seinfeld stand-up. Right, about 23 yeah. hours ago. I have to see that, yeah. And he's like, I'm 65. He goes, I love the six. I love being 60. It's my favorite. He goes, now when people ask me to do something, I just say no. 
No explanation, no nothing. Just say no. Because I can't wait to hit 70. 70, I probably won't even talk to anybody. I'll just wave. You want to do this? I'll be like, <laughs> And that's how I feel about Ringo. Like, come yeah. on. No, no, I, I, I agree. Whatever I want. I agree. I mean, there's that one, was it that singer Kesha? Kesha? And uh-huh. she she wanted she wanted a, she saw Jerry Seinfeld on the red carpet. And she wanted to give him a hug. And he, yes. can I hug you? No, no, you yeah, can't he just hug goes me. No, and turns around. <laughs> it's awesome! It's so good. That special is very funny. Yeah, I got to see it. I mean, that's I'm just so happy they uploaded something like that. You know, because pretty soon with production stalling, they're going to have to revert to you know '70s sitcoms and. You know, old 80s movies and stuff. I'm waiting for Barney Miller. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm in a band and I love it. I'm in a band and I love it. All I wanna do is play my guitar and rock and roll. So if we're just comparing apples to apples, there's no, there's no, you can't even compare. Which is, my point is, is how can you look in the mirror and say, let's call it a draw? By the points I was making. <laughs> Hold on, let me get my notes here. Um, yeah, no, you know, musically, maybe not so much, you know? Okay, musically. So hypothetically, in a hypothetical situation that you're saying that the Stones beat the Beatles in live setting because the Beatles never did it. Right. So in a hypothetical situation, based on nothing, right? Okay. that's your argument to make the, the Stones equal to the Beatles. No. Who kill, and who kill them in every real way, not hypothetical. No, no, not a, no, no. Take the hypothetical out of it. Let's just... But then we have to... We have to take in what is, right? So you, you can't just go eight years and then the cutoff point because then there's Exile on Main Street and Tattoo You. and I'm not even talking about musically. You were saying in a live stadium setting. So let's remove that. Okay. Okay. So, so now where's your argument? Well, I mean, I just like them better. They're like a cool band and... <laughs> Exactly, but I, I identify saying, with them more, like as a, as a fan. You, that's the perfect argument for right now. Fuck the facts. I just like it more. The facts are numbers. I mean, yeah, you can't win. Right. The Beatles, exactly. Can't look, win. Danko, look. I but, know masks protect us, but I don't like wearing a mask. Fuck the facts. I don't like it. No, that's not true. No, I I I do. I do like the facts, but I can't. I can't deny what how I feel. Like if I like Exile, I Main, if I want to listen to Exile on Main Street more than you know the White Album, what can I do? Right. I understand. The fact remains that we went through all the musicians, we went through all the numbers and all that stuff. And if you have a personal preference for liking the Stones, I cannot argue with that. That's how you feel. There's a lot of people out on the street saying, fuck the facts. I need to go to Chili's. It's just how I feel. No, you can't turn you can't turn my argument into like an open up stop the lockdown thing. I can't be associated with those people. 
I just Well, you just did it to yourself. No, Hank. I did. <laughs> you can't do that to me. You can't do you that to me. You just said forget the facts. No, cuz cuz those facts are like that'll kill you. This will just this is just music. You know, this is going to It, it may or may not kill you. It's not it's killing what look, I'm not trying to argue on their behalf, but I'm just saying it's not necessarily gonna <laughs> kill you. It's gonna kill it's gonna what kill side you on, Phil? Of the people. No, I'm on the side of where the fucking mask shut the hell up and stay in your house. But you're the one who's saying fuck facts. No, you're I'm not on their saying side. no, I'm not. I mean I agree the facts are the facts. Like I can't argue the facts. I can only argue it from how I feel. And how right. I feel. So you about can say, look, so it's, you can say to me, you've obviously won the argument and the Beatles are a better band, but I just prefer the Rolling Stones more. But, but also it's rock and roll and, and you can't judge rock and roll. On, it's not a popularity contest. Rock in one roll. sense, it very much is. But, a in another, but in another sense, it's like about, you know, the spirit of it. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you 100%. You will never tell me the Backstreet Boys are better than the Bad Brains because they sold more records. Right. I get that's, it. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. Uh, I get it. But the Beatles are still better than the Stones. You can like the Stones more, but using your brain and the facts, you can say, look, the Beatles are a more accomplished band. They're a more talented band. I just prefer the dirty rock and roll of the Stones. And that's what, you know what? If you put it that way, which is the way I want to put it. The conclusion is the Stones, for me, the Stones are a better band still. Even though, right. you know, yeah, the more mel melody in the Beatles, uh, better singers, uh, arguably better players, I still love the Stones. The spirit is, is, is what right. the Stones have more than the Beatles for me. Like the spirit right. of it. Even though, it, like you mentioned before, it was all opposed. That makes me like them even more. Not because it's like well, a pose, but it was part of the whole showbiz aspect of it. Well, it's like, it's like you going, I like pavement more than I like Ingve, but no one would ever argue that Ingve is not a better guitar player. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I understand your side. I mean, you have every right to be wrong. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. I know. Because is, is, is there right or wrong? I always go to the same thing. Look, is McDonald's the best because they sell billions of hamburgers? Right. No. That's but that doesn't help me in this point. argument. That's that doesn't help point. me in this argument. <laughs> yeah, but in this argument, we're not talking about McDonald's. We're talking about the fucking Beatles, dude. But I am talking about McDonald's because I'm liking the Beatles to McDonald's. You're comparing the Stones to McDonald's. No, no, I <clears throat> no. The Stones would be Burger King. Ew. Yeah, let's See, not do these analogies. See, there we go. And disgusting analogy. again. But listen, man, this has been fun. As I, I knew it would be. It's exactly what I thought it would be. But, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, have a have a great day. You too, and be safe out there, and. We'll do, man. You do the same. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, Phil. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.